Welcome to CIO Leadership Live Canada. I'm Lee Rennick, editor of CIO.com, and I'm very pleased and excited to welcome Charles Lewis, Vice President, Information Technology, Canada Life. Charles, thanks so much for joining us today. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your current role? Uh, thanks very much, Lee, and thanks very much for having me this afternoon. It's great to see you. I am currently the Vice President of Technology for Canada Life with a particular focus on our IT operations arm um, as it relates to data center and a lot of the traditional disciplines that, uh, that comes with around compute storage, databases as service, Canada Life's command center, as well as network, network operations and strategy. Also uh, moving into my portfolio over the next little while will be our cloud operations piece as we continue our journey uh, to move to uh, public hyperscalers. So a very large portfolio. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I really appreciate you joining us here, Charles. Um, we've created this series to support CIOs and senior technology leaders in their leadership and business journey. So the first question I ask, and I always ask everyone this question, can you tell me a little bit about your own career path and provide some insights or tips on that road path? Are there any lessons learned that you could share? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'll sort of keep it brief. I, I came up through the technology ranks in a pretty traditional manner uh, many years, uh, well, decades ago now, uh, began life as a software developer and software engineer uh, working with uh, in the telecommunications area and was primarily uh, on the software track through the traditional pathing of uh, developer, senior developer into leadership in that vein. I started to broaden out into some of the affiliated disciplines such as software release management uh, and environment management uh, as I began to take on larger portfolios and uh, got introduced uh, in a great way to the infrastructure world as well in about 2016. At that time, I was with TELUS Health and uh, have had infrastructure as part of my portfolio uh, ever since then. Uh, the journey's been fantastic. I've had great opportunity to learn so many different things from product development to infrastructure management, architecture, user-centered design, been able to work with so many great teams in that regard, uh, have been very lucky to be part of planning and execution of migration from on-premise into public cloud, which is a journey uh, a lot of large organizations have gone through, are going through, will go through. Um, and in the end, being able to really delve into my passion for using technology to be able to help others and, uh, and make the world, if you will, a better place to be in some small regard. As far as lessons learned along the way, I think there's always a couple. As you grow older, you, uh, you start to realize those lessons a little bit more. What sticks with me primarily that I learned uh, and, and have been able to leverage over the years is the way things have been done before are not necessarily the ways they're going to work in the future. And like anyone uh, probably past a certain level of age, uh, I've had many experiences where I've made mistakes uh, by assuming that approaches that have been successful for me in the past would be successful in a new situation. Sometimes you can implement those without enough forethought, and without enough planning. Uh, and, and there can be some negative connotations and, and ramifications to that. So that's one lesson uh, that has been, has always stuck with me. Um, the other is open mind all the time. 
Uh, great solutions and great ideas can come from anywhere. And, and one thing that I'm always key on that I've found uh, has helped me along the way, although it took a long time to develop, is to be quite clear and quite transparent as you move forward and as you engage others uh, in things you're thinking about to seek their opinions to make it better as well. Mm. Well, some great advice and some great lessons learned along the way. I totally hear that, you know, you've undertaken continuous learning throughout your career. You've understood and identified, obviously, that certain things don't always work out the way they have in the past. So moving through that and then the opportunity to network with individuals. I mean, certainly we're hearing that from so many leaders in the tech sector, just that networking piece is so important. So I really appreciate you um, sharing that very much, much with us. And you just referred to something that when we had our first discussion, gave me a little bit of goosebumps when we first talked. And I was so happy that you said you would do this interview because what you said to me was that you're really passionate about using technology to enable outcomes that will leave, leave the world in a better place. So could you talk a little bit about that, please? Yeah, absolutely. It's something I'm quite passionate about. And I think for everyone, they approach technology or technology implementation in a different vein. And even how people interpret doing things for good um, can be looked at in a myriad of different ways. But for me, the real and continued opportunity is always to use software and other technology stacks and approaches to be able to realize the true value of interpretive human beings and to remove some of the, you know, I hesitate to use the term like the, the grunt work or the, the, the items that, that weigh you down, but to try to address some of those friction points to allow us as humans to be able to really use our brains on problems, start working on the interpretive things. You know, you can see how this conversation leads down a road of, of heavy automation, for example. But more than that, especially with burgeoning data strategies and the amount of data that's out there, there's a real opportunity for any industry to be able to improve the user experience of their end users. And that can again, come in many fashions. I've been fortunate enough, both in my previous role and in this current role, to work with companies who are dedicated to improving the wellness, be it health or financial, of Canadians. And to be able to contribute to that, to be able to build technology and support technology that is meant to improve health of Canadian users to improve the financial well-being and general wellness of Canadian users, um, particularly here at Canada Life, as well as in my previous role at TELUS Health, um, is just a fantastic opportunity. And those are the sorts of things that I'm really passionate about, which is being able to take technology, um, build technology, and see an end result where people are leading healthier, happier lives. That is uh, really inspiring. And thank you for sharing that. And, you know, um, definitely, I, I, I see that, um, yeah, with the multitude of data we have and the way we use it and the way you work as an IT leader to ensure that we can create benefits for, as you say, Canadians, that impacts on our overall, you know, health of our country, right? Because if we're helping people have better, more secure lives, more healthy lives, being able to use that data for good, then that that impacts on our overall structure of our country and and what we have to use from a tax perspective to keep the country going and healthy. So um, I really appreciate you sharing that. And it gave me um, just some inspiration to talk a little bit about doing that. Because when you're doing that, you're working with 
huge amount of teams in your organizations and you're leading those teams. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about leadership and leadership roles and really ensuring we're hearing now that a lot of employees, um, especially generations, um, want to have purpose. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you lead to ensure your understanding um, your teams, you know, in around things like generational mix of employees, wellness, and overall team planning. Are there any tips you have there or information you could share? I can certainly share my own approaches. I don't know if they're well thought out enough to be considered tips for others to use, but you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, generally speaking, long gone are the days where people will simply work um, in a role or in a job that they don't feel passionate about. We all spend a great deal of time and emotion invested in our work. Um, and so we want to feel that there is a tangible, measurable, good outcome to that that goes far beyond uh, just the notion of traditional compensation. Companies like Canada Life, for example, are dedicated to serving our customer base, but not just serving them by providing services, by providing insights, by being able to help them on their wellness journey, be it health or financial, mm -hmm. to make their lives better. And to do so, we need and, and have the engagement of a huge number of employees across a breadth of products and services. Canada Life is a massive company that touches people in a myriad of ways. Um, and, and one of the great things about that is you can start to form a cohesive picture of you know, Canadians as a whole or your users as a whole and understand how you can support them between products, um, between the pieces that traditionally were isolated. Now, the teams who do that run the gamut from uh, new graduates who have joined us and, and co-op students, all the way to team members and practitioners that have been with us for beyond 30 years. One of the things that has always struck me here at Canada Life, uh, well, always, I, I've only been here but about eight months, um, is the willingness to come together, to look at things holistically, and do the right things to arrive at the right solution for our customers and for our stakeholders. Mm -hmm. Leading in an environment like that, that spans a multitude of generations, if you will, and different approaches, what's really key there is listening. And, and more than just listening, but hearing what people are saying and what's important to them and giving them a forum to be able to voice what is important to them. And that's why I always harp, and we may talk about it later as well, harp so much on the concept of transparency. We as technology leaders should be able to form up a technology strategy that directly ties to a publicly known business strategy. And our team members should be able to measure us against, measure our decisions against that strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, when everyone is on board and pulling in the same direction, you can accomplish all sorts of amazing things. Well, it's very interesting just before we hopped on this call, you said, how's your day going? I said, we just had a presentation from our president about our business objectives and goals. And it was really, really engaging and amazing just to be able to learn that. So when you talk about transparency, that certainly, you know, I, I, I can relate to that as an employee of an organization. But I'm also hearing from you from a leadership standpoint, like you're talking about all, all of the work that you do for Canadians to help with health and financial stability and support. 
And, you know, when I think of your employees and your teams that are building it, they're almost building it for themselves as well, too. So you've got this very interesting product mix where you're supporting Canadians, but I'm sure many of your employers are building building initiatives from a technology standpoint that are also helping them, you know? Well, that's one of the amazing things about working for an organization like this and, and other organizations like this is... Uh, you know, the common expression is eating your own dog food, but <laughs> our team members and practitioners, as well as our leadership teams, we do use the very products and services that we build for Canadians. We're able to weigh in on whether they meet our needs, whether they're intuitive enough, whether they have the right user experience, whether they have the right results. Um, so we know uh, as we build, as we promote them, as we move them out uh, into the wild, we know that we've done our utmost to ensure that they're meeting the needs of our customers and stakeholders. Amazing. I want to have a full other conversation about that as I find it very interesting. We we didn't actually plan to have that conversation within these, these questions, but it's, it's very interesting. I'd love to talk further about that. But now I wanted to talk about and ask a question around uh, technology innovation while, and specifically AI, talking to a lot of individuals and uh, tech leaders about this. Um, so could you just um, maybe talk a little bit about this, share your views on how AI and the future of AI will impact business? I'd be happy to. And uh, this is another one that could be a full conversation in and of itself and involve hundreds of people, uh, because it's another one where there is a wide swath of differing opinions and yeah. more than just differing opinions. The notion of AI is one of those concepts that tends to fracture people towards one extreme or the other often. You know, in one camp, you often see folks that uh, are validly raising concerns about the impact AI uh, implemented without proper planning and proper foresight may have on things like the labor market, may have on things like information privacy, may have on things like, you know, what happens if if a self-driving car directed by AI drives into someone, how do you prevent that? What are the quality controls? And then, of course, there's another, you know, the other extreme of the camp is we've got to push forward with AI. The, 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 you know, the sky's the limit on what can be accomplished and we can push our innovations through the roof to the next level. I typically tend to feel that the, the answer lies in the middle ground. I am in the camp of people that strongly believes in the continued development of AI, but in an ethical and safe manner. I believe in planning what it is you want to do, understanding the use cases you're trying to drive, and implement those through an AI approach that is both ethical and safe. And those have to be sort of your primary concerns at the design phase. I do believe AI has a great capability applied across a swath of industries to be able to help humanity in everything from diagnostic help for physicians mm. to insights on health and financial wellness for customers of companies like Canada Life. Uh, I don't think it should always be looked at, uh, people tend to look at it as a replacement for humans and or human thought patterns, whereas I tend to look at it as an extremely strong complement to human thought patterns and human decision making. It's mm. another tool that we can use in our toolbox to help us form the proper decisions for the best outcomes. I appreciate that, uh, those insights. And uh, yeah, definitely I've been, you know, having a few chats around the bringing the design teams together that are building the AI applications that you're going to use, really testing those out, getting some great engineers in, 
And like you said, making sure that all the checks and balances are in there um, when you're going to implement it into any of your programs and, and products or services. So I appreciate that. All right. So now we're getting to the very last question, which is very interesting for me. And it's kind of, I call it my lightning round question, but it's, you get one answer. Um, and that question is, what is the future of IT? That's a great question. And I wish I'd, uh, I'd wish I'd thought about that beforehand. Uh, the future of IT to me is really about what I'll call the frictionless response. So it's hard to quantify exactly what the future of IT is. The future of IT is now. The future of IT was five years ago. The future of IT is five years from now. It's a constantly shifting discipline that is driving towards, you know, specific business outcomes. And that's that's really the key. As we move the IT landscape forward, we often make the mistake of implementing different IT approaches for the sake of different approaches. And we really need to tie those to specific business outcomes mm -hmm. that we're looking to achieve and tie it deeply to business strategy for whatever organization it is you happen to be part of. There are, of course, some overarching technology advances. I think everyone understands the value of moving from on-premise uh, data centers to public cloud in, in, in sort of specific industries and environments. Those are well understood. There will always be changes uh, like that. There will always be a rapid pace of change. And in fact, the pace of change in technology is increasing daily. Um, you used to be able to identify a standard stack you could use for 10 years, 15 years. You'd be lucky to identify a standard stack that would remain the, the market leader for, for more than a couple of years at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be willing to shift. But overall, to me, the future of IT, uh, I, I, I believe the way this will start to develop itself is we will in many cases start to abstract what we consider the lowest level of IT to be today. Uh, so just in the same way as we've gone through a journey of having people sort of physically racking and cabling servers or um, spending uh, spending a lot of time uh, writing um, you know, writing COBOL, for example, uh, you've seen programming languages uh, continue to develop into more abstract and abstract concepts that allow you to get more done with sort of full features of libraries. IT as a whole will continue to move in that direction uh, from my viewpoint, which will again allow the focus of the individuals working in those environments to not concern themselves so much with the very time consuming base layer, but focus on higher value items for their organization. That is fantastic. That's a whole other session as well too. Thank you so much for joining us today, Charles. Uh, I really appreciate it very much. Um, if you're interested in viewing this video or others to support the senior tech leader in their journey, we'll include this interview and a link at cio.com front slash CA. Thanks again, Charles.